Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Okay, good evening everyone. It's, it's a massive privilege to be, to be here, to be speaking tonight. It's not something that I take lightly. And I trust that God would speak, and I trust that um, He would speak to you, directly to you, and that He would bring comfort to you, to your soul, and also for your well-being and the trajectory, not only of your temporal, but also your eternal trajectory. So that's my prayer. Why don't we just close our eyes and commit this time? Heavenly Father, we surrender everything to you now. That I just pray that the ideas and things of, of work and the busyness of life and everything that needs to happen will just quiet down for now. And Lord, I pray that, that you would come, that you would be present, and Spirit of God, that you would move. I pray that you would seek out and find the lost. And I pray that, 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 that you would be a treasure hidden in a field and, and, and people would discover that tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. Okay, guys, tonight I want to achieve three things. If you ask me what's the, what's the aim for tonight, I, I, I want us to, to I want drive three points. And if I can do that successfully, I'd be happy and we can all go home and uh, live beautiful lives thereafter. So the first point that I want to drive and really nail is that the world is in need of a Savior. The second thing is that it is the Word of God hand in hand with the Spirit of God that leads us to salvation and that you and me can have an assurance of that salvation. You can know that you know that you know that you are saved, that you are God, that you are God's, that you are His child, that you belong to Him, that you are set free, that you are going to spend eternity in heaven. And then the last point that I would like to drive home is a call for you and me to engage with the Word of God in a regular basis. And that that not only is something that we do to fill our time, but that is something that changes us from the inside. That, that is something that, that brings hope and it brings lots of life and changes perspective and gives you the tools that you need to, to go out in the world and, and live fruitful lives. So... The first point that I'd like to drive home tonight is the fact that the world is in need of a savior. So if I tell you, um, if you just look at the world or just think of the world map, or, or more specifically, if you just think of South Africa, you can, in your, in your mind's eye, if you close your eyes, you, I can still see Francois Pinar lifting that World Cup in the William Webb Alice Trophy in 1995 with Nelson Mandela with his wearing um, Francois Pinar's shirt buttoned up all the way to the top with a number six at the back. And that picture is, is a picture of, of a nation um, on its way to restoration. That, that picture is a picture of healing. That is God doing something in a nation. That, that is a miracle. In, in the history of our country, I cannot think of a more unifying moment. I cannot think for us as a nation a, a more beautiful thing than, than that happening. People jumping up and down in the streets in a sense of just, there's something magic about this place. 
And then fast forward some years and, and, and we, we don't have any electricity. And, and, and you, you have to ask yourself, well, well what happened? Well, something, obviously things aren't that great. And I listen to or I read uh, what the economists say, a guy like Mark Schussler, uh, you know, a, a great thinker would say, well, we're in recession and, and the, the things doesn't look too good. And uh, we, we're in for a hardship and, and, and it affects business. I don't know if, you know, what area or what field you are working in. But so it's affecting our business. It's affecting the the amount of hours that we can be productive in a day. And if you can only, let's say you work 40 hours in a week and now you can only work 28 hours, there's hours, 12 hours of production or whatever that is lost in a week. And, and it, obviously it will affect the bottom line. So things are tricky in our country. Um, our government is making noises, moving more towards socialism. So it's, it's scary. And hot of the press is that Julius Malema said yesterday that Zimbabwe is better off than South Africa. And it's interesting. It's interesting, especially if you know what's in Zimbabwe, what's happening in Zimbabwe. And, and I also read a, an article, and it, it states that in South Africa, if you are earning 11,000 rand, you are in the top five percentile of the country. So I, I don't know... Who have you? Well, let me just break it down. You can't buy a house with eleven thousand rand per month. You cannot. It is. It's not possible. You, it's. It's. It's difficult. So. So. So this picture is. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not a great picture. And this is not me being negative. I love this place, and we're getting to the good stuff in a minute. But that's reality. This is. This is what we are facing. And then you do go to a country like Zimbabwe, where President. Emerson Mangwangwa, something like that, the crocodile. I don't know if it's named the crocodile because Mangwangwa sounds like mouth going up and down. I don't know. So, I don't, honestly, I thought that's, that's maybe it. So, he took over and he's, he's made poor decisions. Uh, in October, he, he made this decision saying that all the people who have dollars in their bank account, we're going to change those um, the, the, those bank accounts, and, and we're going to give you, in essence, an, an IOU note. We, we're going to give you, we're going to give you bank credits for it, but in, in our currency. And so the insiders say, well, what happened was that they looted the banks. They used that dollars, those dollars, for themselves. Zimbabwe is now owing 9.5 billion dollars. They're in debt, like that. So they're spending way more, and that's just a way that they could spend more. So again, the, the it's. This is the picture. This is what's happening. And to make things even worse, there was a cyclone that, that moved through Zimbabwe. So at the right there, you'll see a lady with, with her hands folded there. Her name is Unika Simango. And what happened was that she had a poultry run. She, 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 so what that means, she had some chickens. She, she provided to the community for her family. She made a plan. And then came a cyclone. And it swept away her everything that she owned. So her gardens, all of her chickens, and in and amongst that, her teenage daughter. So she has lost everything and her teenage daughter missing in a mudslide. 200 people were reported missing. And of those 200 people, 139 people, it's been confirmed that they didn't make it. They did. They, what they suspect, the remaining 61, is just looking for bodies. 
That is the state of Zimbabwe. And tell me that doesn't break your heart. Tell me that something in you doesn't rise up. Something in you doesn't want to take action. Surely we are called in this to, to do something. If you go to Mozambique, the next slide, that, that, that is the same cyclone. Okay, that's this port city of Beira. And what happened was the wind blew 170 kilometers per hour. So with that cyclone, lots of flooding and all of that stuff, and the mass of water was so great that it broke the dam walls, the two biggest dams in Mozambique. And they said, so in and amongst all the devastation that took place in Mozambique, 419 people have lost their lives already. And now they, 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 they are in fear for the second wave because now with all the broken dams, all the storage, everything, all the systems are broken. So now people still need to go to the loo and Things, things still need to go on. So cholera is most likely to break out now. And what's going to happen now, they say the impact of cholera on Mozambique will be far greater than the cyclone. And thousands of people are in danger and they don't know it. We know it. They, 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 don't, they don't know it. And I think, you know, some of you might say, well, that's just Africa. And it's not just Africa. This is the world. We had mass shootings in the Netherlands on the 18th of March. We had the shooting in New Zealand. 39 people shot, killed. And in America, there are mass shootings on a regular occurrence. So I took an image there. Um, just, 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 just how's that for info? On, this, is, this is not me making things up. These stats are true. So if you Google terror attacks in the world, they list it by month because it's too great the number to put it in year. So if it's going to be year by year, the list is going to be legio. It's, it's, it's just going to go on forever and ever. So there has been terror attacks in 31 countries since January to where we are now in March. To just under 2,000 people has lost their lives to, due to terror attacks. So that gives you an average of two, and a furthermore, sorry, 2,000 people have been um, injured in those attacks. Gives you an average of 195 people who is killed every week because of terror. This is the world that we are living in. This is, this is the state of, uh, of the world. And scripture just comes to mind. Because I cry out and I, and I speak to this about my wife. This is deeply concerning for me. I don't know what to do. God, tell me. Me and I have a responsibility. I have a future family. Or, and I want to lead it with wisdom. And, and, and we want to make the best. And, and how do we navigate this? And the scripture that came to mind is Romans 8 from verse 22. And it says this. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes in what he sees? We are in this situation because of the corruption of sin and not because of the nature of God. 
This world that we are living in is because of sin. And, and, and you know what? These pains of the world, and it's so painstakingly evident that the world is in pain. These are birth pains. These are not death pains. These are not pains of life being destroyed and over. This is God saying, call out to me. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers. Who is going to call out on me? Who's going to trust me? Who's going to see, who's going to seek me? So this is the way we're living, and I cannot deny that it is upsetting. It upsets me. It upsets my soul. But I know that God is able, and, and God is keen, and He is willing, and He wants to do something in our midst. These pains are birth pains. They are not death pains. We are first fruits. Scripture tells us that we are the first fruits of this. We are evidence that God seeks out and he saves the lost. We are evidence that God is moving. We are evidence that God does something in this chaos. So am I going to live my life in chaos, running away like everything, like I have no Savior? Or am I going to stand firm? Am I going to wave the banner of Jesus Christ over my life, over my family, and trust God and trust His promises for me, for my family, for our country, for the nations, for Zimbabwe, for Mozambique, for the United States? Or are we going to cower away in our greatest hour? And I think sadly, loads of us have been lied to. I think we have been sold this lie that Jesus exists to kiss the boo-boo away, to make things better, to make me feel nice. And... Um, when these things happen, it's just not well with our souls. So I want to ask you tonight, and it's going to be annoying, I'm going to ask you the same thing over and over and over. But I want to ask you, and, and the picture that I have in my mind is, I want to corner you, and I want to ask you, what do you believe? And I don't want you to wriggle out of this, wriggle out of that. And I'm going to corner you, and I want to get out of you. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? What confirms your beliefs? And how did you come to that conclusion? And how do you know that you are in a saving relationship with Jesus? And the first thing that I see, is it based by any chance on an experience? Because many people falsely believe that they are saved because of an experience. Some People might hear the word, they might, might go to a church or someone might have invited them and then the preacher um, speaks, says something that, that, that is, uh, you know, it, it convicts them, they, they feel bad and, and they genuinely have an encounter. They genuinely, something happened, there's an emotional release and there's a cry and now I feel better because I can point back to that experience that I felt bad, I had an emotional release, I felt better, therefore God must have done something, and now I am saved. I am God's own. And you point to that, but I want to tell you that that is not salvation. Or you might hear someone preach about relationships or something like that, and you phone an estranged relative because you respond to the word that was preached, and 
And then now the relationship is restored. Therefore, God did something, and now I'm at peace with God because He did something through that experience. Something took place. There was a transaction, and now I'm good with God. Or, and I find this a lot, especially with, with, with younger people, um, that, that they have a period of time that they point to. So I did a year of my life, and I point back to that year of my life, and that year of my life, I was on fire. Um, and all of that stuff, but now you're completely lost and you're nowhere. And, and I want to ask you, well, I want to tell you, if you point, if that what saves you, the, if you know that you know that you know, and that what confirms that what you know is an experience, that is not saving faith. That is not saving faith. So I want to ask you again, by what authority do you believe well, what is it that you believe? Why do you believe that? And what confirms your beliefs? And how did you come to that conclusion? And how do you know that you are in a saving relationship with the Lord? And many people have a, especially I would say millennials and um, people who do yoga in, generally, in general, <laughs> uh, just have a universal approach. So, you have your way, Gabo. You do the Jesus thing. Um, I'm going to do the Islam thing. And my neighbor, he does the Buddha thing. And like, I'm a vegetarian and that works for me. And you can't judge me. You can't judge me because this is, this is my vibe. And, and all, all roads leads to Rome. And, and that's it. And you can't. There, there are no absolute truths. And, and this is what works for me. A, you can't say anything because it's, it's really working. So I want to ask you, how is that working? How is your anxiety levels looking? What is the fruits of that? How, how, is your, how, how are you doing? Tell us how great it is. Tell us how that's working out. Again, for other people, it is, and this is where I'm coming from, it's the traditions of your church. So I'm an Afrikaans guy, grew up in an Afrikaans church, and uh, this, this is what we, we believe, that uh, I was baptized as, as an infant, so I've got God's stamp of approval right then and there, so now I'm, I'm one of his own. And uh, I, I look back to that, and, and now I'm a child of God because I was baptized as a baby. And then just to, to like a general top-up for, for us in my tradition, was that I was then later confirmed as a 17-year-old guy. We, we do something, we do like a confirmation class, and we all get together on one day, and all our parents are there, and, and, and they confirm you. They say, well done, you are now a bona fide believer. They shake your hand, your grandparents are there, and you eat cake afterwards, and, and now I'm a, I'm a believer. But I was completely deaf, blind, and mute to the things of God. I did not understand a single thing of the gospel. I was dead, 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 dead as a duck. So, so other people, perhaps they, they do something wrong and then they go to a guy and the guy tells them, okay, you've confessed now, just, just repeat a certain prayer, a particular prayer after me. Do it five times, because in this particular case, it's kind of bad. And you do it five times, six times, just to be safe. And now you're good to go. You, you are 
are good to God. But again, this is not faith that is saving. This does not save. And, and perhaps you, what you point to, what, what, how you know you are saved, the, the, the question that I keep on asking, what do you believe, why do you believe it, and what confirms these beliefs are that for you in your case, or is in your case, that uh, you, it's because of your church. Listen, you go, and we all know, I've, I've seen it time and time again, people are convinced they are in a saved, saving relationship. God has made them their own because they are part of a particular church. I, I've been in so many um, social settings, and it takes me five minutes, and then I can say, this guy's from that church, this girl's from that church. May that never be the case. May the thing, if I'm interacting with other people, may I reflect Jesus and not a bunch of other people who are hugely flawed. We as a people cannot be uh, a life changes way. or what The life changes way is the Bible's way. That's what we stand, that's what we trust, that's what we believe, that's what we act on. We as Christians are called to be like Christ. We as Christians, the head of the church is Jesus Christ. The, he who we reflect, he who we image, he who we imitate is Jesus Christ. No man. We, 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 we aren't, uh, it's not right. And we should address those things. And we, we can't take faith, or we, we, we can't have peace that, that we're like a bunch of other people. I don't want to be like a bunch of other people. We want to be like Jesus. So lastly, by what authority do you believe? And I want to tell you that the only authority that we can have our faith by is, is by the authority that the Word gives us. By the, the only thing that we can base our spiritual walk upon is that what Scripture tells us. And, and I want to just take take a minute or two and just share my story, if that's okay, and, and, and how, how things worked, worked, worked out for me. So that the, the breathed-out Word of God is perfect. It's inerrant. It's infallible. And it is the answer to all our weary souls. And it gives us all the questions about salvation. It settles it that it's cemented, that we are secure, that we belong to him, and that we can know that for sure. Jesus saved me, and he made me, he made me his own through a dream. I, I, was, I was 17 years old, and as I said, I, I knew absolutely nothing. I went to church uh, every Sunday, but I I, I, I promise you I knew nothing. If you tell me, Jesus, I wouldn't know Old Testament, New Testament, uh, I knew nothing. And, and for me, con going to church consisted uh, out of two parts. And church was interesting. Was, I had a, a pair of high clothes. It's weird, not for you guys, but for us, it was that you had specifically just for church. I had a, you know, I had some, some a button shirt and all that stuff, and you would just use it for church. Maybe a funeral. Didn't get invited to weddings. Um, so, so that's it. The, you, 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 would, you, would wear, you, would, you would wear that to church. And church consisted of uh, staying awake and uh, not talking. So I knew, okay, we're in the car, get ready, not going to talk, and not going to fall asleep. And, and, and that was it. So after my encounter with God, I felt like jeepers. I'm going to be found out any moment now. I, I felt like... I didn't know anything. And these people were going to find out that I don't know anything. And they're going to say, nah, you're a fake. You're a phony. You're a fraud. You, you, you're not the, not the real deal.
my folks on my confirmation gave me a maroon 1983 new translation, Afrikaans, of course. And, and I read that baby cover to cover to cover just before I left school. And that absolutely cemented everything. That It told me that I'm his. It told me that I belong to him. It told me that I should not be ashamed of the gospel. It told me that I should preach the gospel. It told me that I should pray. It told me every single thing I needed to know. The Bible told me. Every single thing you need for life and godliness, it's in the Word of God, and you have access to the Word of God. And I want to encourage you to, to take serious the Word of God. And so often we say, I'm going to do this, that, and the, and, and the other, and we have this list of things that we want to do, and this is what's going to fix us. And I say, you're wasting a lot of time and a lot of energy. Just read your Bible. Just read your Bible. Just engage with the Word of God. We didn't go on camps. We didn't do all kinds of things. Just engage with the Word of God. And so I went to university, and I went to a seriously dodgy residence um, at the University of, of, of Pretoria. The guy's notorious for all kinds of wrong things. And there was a guy with me, a friend to this day, um, and, and he was also studying theology, so we were both on our way to, to becoming Dominies and all of that stuff. And he was a fourth-generation Dominie. How's that? So everyone in his family, that's, that's, what they, that's, that's their gig. Um, but this guy was a drunk. He was a delinquent, and he was not living a life of purity. And we were studying for a missiology exam, of all things. And, and it's so odd, because I didn't like this guy. Because he, he wasn't representing well. And I just confronted him and I told him, you need to be born again. You, 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 and he said, no, 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 no. I can point to my baptism as an infant. I can point to, to my confirmation. And because I knew Scripture, because I was cemented in Scripture, and I had basic knowledge and understanding, I said, he's not born of the Spirit of God. <laughs> You're not born again. You, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And, 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 and the, 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 the word of God is the, the key that locks the, the kingdom of heaven open. And, and, and he committed his life to Jesus. Uh, at his th on his, I think he was in his third year or, or so. And he's now leading a church and he's leading a couple of hundred men and women. And he loves Jesus. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I want to encourage you that, that the Bible gives us everything we need for our temporal and our eternal uh, salvation and interaction for God, the kingdom of God to break into our lives. And now I just want to call us to action, just simple things. And I, all, I can only point to the word as our only supreme authority. First, this means that scripture alone is our final authority. Let that settle in your heart. And authority is such a swear word today. No one likes to hear the word authority. We don't like authority figures. No one tells me what to do. No one tells me what to do. How to, no, you, you, don't, you don't have a say. Uh, and, but the Bible is our supreme authority. It is our chief authority. And here's the beautiful thing. The church... And the positions therein, so that of elder, deacon, evangelist, apostle, 
all of those, they serve under the supreme authority of Scripture. And if you are in a church, you must can tell your leaders, guys, you are to lead us under the supreme authority of the Word of God. And there are things out there, and it's so easy. The plumb line is the Word of God. And you can say, this is not in line with Scripture, therefore it's not right. And if they say anything else, then you say, I'm sorry, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and the supreme authority is the Word of God. It is a plumb line. This leads us to life. It leads us to salvation. It leads, leads us into the kingdom of God, to the more that God has for us. Everything you have to want to know is in the Bible. The Bible is... The Word is our only sufficient authority. Not only is the Bible a supreme authority, it is the authority that provides believers with all the truth you need to know. Everything you need to know about following Christ is in the Word of God. Everything, you don't have to do a million things. Everything you need is in the Bible. Engage with, your, with the Bible. Read your Bible. And I'm going to share a great plan with you uh, in, in just a moment. The Bible is our only inerrant uh, authority. The babe, so, so this is the good thing. I thought about shouting this and, and just going crazy, but, but I'd rather just speak to you. God wrote a book. God wrote a book. And this book is perfect. And not only did God write a book, He wants to speak to you. And he wants to reveal himself to you. And he gives us his spirit. And his spirit leads us to his word. And his spirit opens up the word. And his spirit gives us understanding of the word. God wrote a book. That blows my mind like crazy. God wrote a book. And he wants to speak to me. God wants to speak to me. And in that book, if I open it up, it tells me that he knew me in my mother's womb. He formed me in my mother's womb, that, 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 that he, he knows my name. He's got a plan for me. He's got a future for me. He's got a destiny for me. He's got promises for me. God wrote a book, and he wants to speak to me, and he wants to speak to you. And you know what? Everything that Jesus says, everything that God says through that book is for your well-being. Everything he says is building up his glorious church. He loves it passionately, wildly. Not a sing, Just think of that, being in relationship with someone, and there is never a negative remark. There is never a breaking down. There, he's building his church. He loves his church. Everything he says is to edify the body. That's beautiful. God wrote a book. And he wants to speak to you. He wants, he wants to speak to you through that book. So the last image that, that, that I have, the last slide that I have, that is the Discipleship the Journal Bible Reading Plan. You can find it on the, 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 the Uversion uh, cell phone app, or you can just print that baby out, put it in your Bible, have a pencil. And you know what's the good thing about this, this Bible plan? It allows you days to skip. So... so in, in a year, there's two months that you, if, if you were to do the first nine months straight, then there's two months that you can rest. So obviously that doesn't happen, but it just allows you, because there are days that things are busy, and I want to challenge you. I want to say, either get it on, on the YouVersion app or the, um, on your phone. This is a simple 
Bible reading plan. And so often we get stuck somewhere if we read it cover to cover. You, you get to, um, you know, Leviticus or whatever, and, and, you, and you get a little stuck. Or, you know, whatever. So this, it just keeps you going, and, and it, it will have exactly what you need. So I want to encourage you, get this plan. This is not the only plan. There are many fantastic plans, but, but this, this is a gold standard. Get a good Bible reading plan. Engage with the Word of God and see what the Spirit, the truths he, he reveals to us. I don't have to tell you the, the do's and don'ts that you are allowed to do and not to do. God wrote a book and He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal Himself to you. He wants to settle truths inside of your heart. He wants you to know that you know that you, you know that you are His. And I don't have to do anything. God wants to reveal himself to you because he cares about you. So I just want to ask you to make an investment to spend time in his word and to wrestle in his word.